Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We are hopeful that your Advent Christmas season has been one that has not necessarily just been driven by the hustle and bustle and hecticness of the season, but instead that you've been able to have some moments to slow down and pause and think about the first coming of Jesus Christ into this world and what he came to do. And we have, as a, a Gospel for Life radio show, been pausing to think about that and to talk about that. And we've been using J.C. Ryle, um, a little devotional called The Coming of the King, to help us in that. We had for a while been thinking about the first coming of Jesus, or of the his second coming, the second advent, if you've missed any of those, you can go back and subscribe to our podcast, The Gospel for Life, and, and go back and listen to those. But now, lately, we've been thinking about his first coming. And around the table with me this morning is Vinny Henke from Valley Life Community Church, Ryan Hempel from Treasure Valley RPCNA, and Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church. Gentlemen, it is good, once again, to be in the studio with you and be talking about Christmas and the first coming of Jesus Christ into the world. And so we have begun to look at a passage in Luke 1 where the angel Gabriel comes to Mary, tells her that she is going to conceive and give birth to a son, and the son is going to be named Jesus, and he's going to be a great king. And then Mary responds. Jonathan, We're reading from uh Luke chapter 1, verses 34 through 38, Mary's response. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to me, according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Ryle's thoughts. Let us mark the mighty principle which the angel Gabriel lays down to silence all objections about the Incarnation. With God, nothing will be impossible. A hearty and eager reception of this great principle is of immense importance to our own inward peace. Questions and doubts will often arise in our minds about many subjects in religion. They are the natural result of our fallen state. Our faith is at the best is very feeble. Our knowledge at its highest is clouded with much weakness. And among many antidotes to a doubting, anxious, questioning state of mind, few will be found more useful than that before us now, a thorough conviction of the almighty power of God. 
With him who called the world into being and formed it out of nothing, everything is possible. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. There is no sin too bad to be pardoned. The blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. There is no heart too hard and wicked to be changed. The heart of stone can be made a heart of flesh. There is no work too hard for a believer to do. We may do all things through Christ strengthening us. There is no trial too hard to be borne. The grace of God is sufficient for us. There is no promise too great to be fulfilled. Christ's words never pass away, and what he has promised he is able to perform. There is no difficulty too great for a believer to overcome. When God is for us, who will be against us? The mountain will become a plain. Let principles like these be continually before our minds. The angel's prescription is an invaluable remedy. Faith never rests so calmly and peacefully as when it lays its head on the pillow of God's omnipotence. J.C. Ryle continues, Let us mark the meek in ready acceptance of the Virgin Mary and God's revealed will concerning her. She says to the angel, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. There is far more of admirable grace in this answer than at first sight appears. A moment's reflection will show that it was no light matter to become the mother of our Lord, in this unheard of and mysterious way. It brought with it, no doubt, at a distant period, great honor, but it brought with it for the present no small danger to Mary's reputation and no small trial to Mary's faith. All this danger and trial the Holy Virgin was willing and ready to risk. She asks no further questions. She raises no further objections. She accepts the honor laid upon her with all its attendant perils and inconveniences. Behold, she says, the maidservant of the Lord. Let us seek in our daily practical Christianity to exercise the same blessed spirit of faith which we see here in the Virgin Mary. Let us be willing to go anywhere, do anything, and be anything, whatever be the present and immediate inconvenience, so long as God's will is clear and the path of duty is plain. The words of the good Bishop Hall on this passage are worth remembering. All disputations with God after his will is known arise from infidelity. There is not a more noble proof of faith than to captivate all the powers of our understanding and will to our Creator, and without all questionings to go blindfold whither he will lead us. In these two readings from Ryle, Ryle is really honing in on the response of Mary and and specifically how the reality is Mary's correctly figuring out, wait, I'm pregnant. How can this possibly be? I know how this works. There needs to be a guy and a girl, and there hasn't been a guy. So I can't have the baby without a guy. And then the Holy Spirit is, or Gabriel is going on to explain, no, in this case, because of the supernatural work of God, there's not going to be a guy. Yeah, this is a virgin conception where the virgin still remains a virgin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and this is really a remarkable. And one of the things that I, I think we have to recognize, this isn't actually, we're not hearing these words for the first time. Uh, this is what was said to fulfill what was mm-hmm. said in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, that the virgin will conceive. A question was put, uh, a challenge was put to King Ahaz in in Isaiah 7. He was looking uh, at a foreign 
enemies coming on the soil of Judah. He was uh, thinking that he would solve his problem with the with the, you know making alliances with Assyria, and he was being given assurances by Isaiah that God was going to take care of them and that there was God had a, a purpose and a plan. But he but the Lord speaks to Ahaz saying, "Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol." Or as high as heaven, you know, as high as heaven, as as, as deep as, as hell. You pick a sign, I'll do it for your assurance. The unbelieving Ahaz says, I won't, I won't ask for a sign. God says, I'll give you that sign. And actually God is saying, I'll give you an impossible sign. I, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a sign only God can do. A virgin will conceive and, and, and bear a son. You know, the fact that people will try to avoid the fact of the virgin birth and say, well, that just meant a young woman. My daughter works at St. Luke's Hospital in labor and delivery. Every day, day in, day out, young women come and have babies. That is no sign at all. You know, there are, there are, you know, 133 million times a year (laughs) around the world, four times every second. There's a young woman giving birth to a, a child. But this is a truly amazing sign, the greatest sign. The virgin conceives and is still a virgin. And it's interesting that in the context of the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 7, God says, go ahead, ask for a sign. He doesn't want one. But in our text for today, God says, this is coming to pass. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to give you a sign. And God graciously says, Elizabeth is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm the God of the impossible. I've already done the impossible. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth is going to have a, a child in her old age so that you can know that the word that I'm yeah. speaking to you is also true, that I'm the God of the impossible. Yeah, that's a great sign. This is an even greater yes. sign. This yeah. is a greater sign for the whole world. This and, is this, you know, Elizabeth is a sign I'm giving you that I can do impossible things, you know, just like Abraham and Sarah. But... The sign, the the great, wonderful sign. I would say this: there's n- no other greater sign than the virgin birth, other than perhaps the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them done by the power of the Holy Spirit. And really, I think the application for our lives is there are so many truths of Scripture that seem beyond true, that they're too good to be true, and in our mind we read them and go, no. That's impossible. And I think Ryle is helpful with reminding us that God is the God of the impossible. Yeah, the validity of the promises of God are not dependent upon the strength of our own faith, right. but dependent upon the, the veracity of God's character. He cannot lie as a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is God, and his, and his infinite holiness and power can fulfill the promises that he's made. Mary gets the sign of Elizabeth. Um, We get the sign of the virgin birth. These are confidences that when we are struggling to believe the promises of of gospel grace in our own lives presently, we can look back and say, if God can do this, then surely he is present with me and can keep his word to me. And this impossibility language is used, you know, later in Jesus' ministry by Jesus himself when he talks about how it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. His disciples are like, what? How is that possible? And because they look to material blessing as God's favor upon someone. And Jesus is reminding them, no, 
That's not the case. And he says there, for man is impossible, for God, nothing is impossible. And that refers to our very salvation. And we see that here at the very beginning, the incarnation, the, the virgin conception. Nothing is impossible for God. Our eternal salvation, he can secure. The God being a God of the impossible means that he, we can trust him. Right. That what he says is true, which then should lead to the same posture of Mary of submission. Yep. And I think this is a beautiful picture. Um, Raya will say, let us be willing to go anywhere, do anything, and be anything, whatever be the present and immediate inconvenience, so long as God's will is clear and the path of duty is plain. So maybe in the last minute here, give the readers some insights on that spirit of submission. I think it's it's Mary's language. I am the Lord's servant. So whatever the Lord would lay upon you and call you to, it's the posture of humble service and, and readiness. And it's something, too, that is a uh, fruit of the Holy Spirit himself. I mean, it's this isn't something special in Mary in and of herself. Yeah. This was God's preparation of her uh, to bring her to this point. Yeah, practically, we, we would define service as meeting needs with love. Mm-hmm. I mean, just simply being ready to do that. And if I'm hearing you correctly, Ryan, you're saying this isn't just a Mary thing. This is a child of God thing. Right. Mary was a normal human being. And that yeah. we are to live in submission to mm-hmm. the decrees of God and say, if God has said it, I can do it because mm-hmm. he equips and empowers and enables me to be a faithful servant. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been listening to, you've been listening, we have, I guess, too, been listening to the Gospel for Life, and we will see you tomorrow.